Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. You know, I didn't get a chance to say Happy New Year to everyone because Pastor was preaching last Sunday, but this is my opportunity. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. New Year, new you. You know, new year, new you, boo. So there's a lot going on, okay? There's a lot going on this week, okay? People having babies. People having grandbabies. I have been at the hospital for four days laboring having a grandbaby. Four days. It's been a lot. And then yesterday, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to preach on Sunday. I'm like, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. So there's one thing that I've known that uh, through experience is that when I ask my daddy to show up, he shows up every time. So don't be alarmed, everyone, because I asked him to be here today. So he's got this under control. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be what he wants it to be. Okay. So I want to say Happy New Year to you guys. And um, a lot's going on. People are sick, too. We got our worship leader, Atira, sick. Jenny sick. Donald barely made it here. So we had to pull in the Elevate worship team. Thank you so much, Elevate worship team. Thank you. You guys did amazing. Isabella had to round everybody up. We called Jesse from D.C. We're like, get on a plane. You're on the worship team. I'm like, and then not only that, we're calling Danny like, hey, 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 Danny. Hi, how you doing? How you, how you been? Oh, okay, really? Okay, can you come today? So thank you so much, Danny. We love you. Mrs. Amani. Her married. Her is a wife. Her is somebody's wife, y'all. This is just still, I'm not, I'm not used to it yet. And then I'm not sure if you guys realize how anointed the drums were. I mean, like, woo! I was like, woo! There was... There was some kind of anointing coming off those drums. So, Pastor John, I just want to tell you, you know, you did your thing. Go ahead. Drop the drumsticks, boo. Drop the drumsticks on them. You know? So, I just want to honor you. You know, it's really wonderful when you know how to pick them. So, I'm so glad God knew how to pick him for me. I didn't. I would have married Bozo the Clown. I'm not even going to give myself any props. Like, it was all Jesus. It was all Jesus. He's a drummer. He done made my credit better. I mean, like, Jesus. I'm like, a man that can play drums, cook, and make your credit better? I'm just saying, like, let's just be real. We got to be real in 2018. Like, let, enough of the games. Enough of the games. Marry a man that will and not only improve your life, but improve your credit. Okay, I just want to get that off my chest. I was thinking that during worship. I'm like, Lord, yeah, he did. <laughs> you did good, Lord. You did good. So last week we heard a great message about being intentional. Pastor John did a great job with that. One of the wonderful things I love that he brought out in that message was about Revelations 13 and 8. From the foundations of the earth, the, the lamb was slain. There's nothing like an intentional God. Like, literally, what happened was, he's like, I already know they won't do a good job with this part. 
So I'm going to build some bridges and put it, install some bumpers. He put up the child gate. The child, you know how you have a, a kid and you're like, okay, they'll probably fall down the stairs. You know, grandma, grandpas, you guys know. Put up the little, what is it called, child gate? God did that. Revelation 13 and 8, from the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. Like, we already had a way back. We already had get back before we knew we needed to get back. Before we knew we were lost, he was already installing the GPS. Is anybody else hot? Like, I'm really hoping that some of these signals are working for somebody to hear us. Oh, in heaven, Father. Yes. So, um, Pastor John was just talking about intentional, and it's really sort of our theme for 2018. It's about being intentional. So, one of the things that if you're a business owner, if you want to be successful, then be intentional about being successful. Like, a lot of times we're going to like, Lord, please, I pray that you make my business successful. And you know what you'll get? You'll get a yes. Okay, good. But what is your part? You have a part to play in all this. So in 2018, this is what this is all about. This is about not only are we going to make this year the best year ever, but we're going to be intentional about making this year the best year ever, knowing that we have a part to play. Amen? Isaiah 46 and 10 says this, says that from, oh, wait, let me read the real scripture because I put my own versions. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasures. I'm declaring the end from the beginning. Like at the start of it, he's telling you how wonderful it's going to end for you. I'm a coach now at our gym. And a lot of times we have ladies that come in for our six week challenges and they're ladies that started off just like me. Like, okay, let me tell you before you start telling me, run laps and sit-ups. Let me tell you how my body works. I don't do laps and I don't do sit-ups. <laughs> and we have ladies that come in like that all the time. They're like, no, 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 no. Let me explain to you how this works. I don't, I've never done a pull-up. I've never done a burpee. What is a burpee? Like a slurpee? Like, is that like a, it comes in a big cup? Like, I don't do that. So what happens is a lot of times they can't comprehend how strong we're telling them they're going to be. So what we do is we say, it's okay, because if you can't believe it for yourself, we're going to believe it for you. Not only are you going to be doing burpees, baby, you're going to be doing sit-ups, you're going to be strong, you're going to have muscles, you're going to be great, you're going to be toned. And that's what God is saying. We're saying, God, let me tell you how my life is set up. I'm jacked up. I got stuff going on. The last three men I had, yeah, they were jacked up too. So let me tell you how this is going to end. And God's saying, no, I'm declaring from the beginning your end, and it's going to be a whole lot better than what you think it's going to be. From the beginning, God is declaring it. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about being intentional about making this the best year ever. What we declare at the beginning should be our anthem till the end. What we declare at the beginning should be our anthem till the end. It's the beginning of the year. It's January. We're all coming in. 2018. New you, boo. It's going to be all, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best year ever. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. And then sometime around March, it's like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I mean, it happens all the time. It's like this sick cycle, this crazy Ferris wheel that no one's allowing us to get off. But this year, somebody say this year. This year, what we declare at the beginning will be our and remain our anthem till the end. Amen? Because this is going to be a whole new you. Boo. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. In Luke chapter 5, I really like Peter. Okay? I talk about Peter all the time. 
Like every time I'm asked to speak, I'm trying to find out what can I say about Peter? <laughs> like every time I'm speaking because I relate a lot to Peter. Don't look at me like that because I kind of feel judged in a, for um, a moment. Yeah, I have a couple of anger problems. One minute I'm strong, the next minute I'm weak and I'm hiding. Like I have a lot of Peter moments. But I just want to let you guys know something. You do too. Okay. We all got a little Peter in us, and that's why I like him. Because it's like, it's not like he's trying to hide any of his issues. All he knows is, I was called by God, though. And that gives me great comfort and great courage. Because if God can do an amazing thing with Peter, he can do something with me, too. So give a hand wave, all us Peters. We got this. We got this. So let's read Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, that's Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. So also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Wow, man, that was awesome. You guys agree that was awesome? Like that was like a really amazing moment for Peter. It's like, Peter, you know what? I'm happy for you. That was great. Listen, one of the things you'll notice at the beginning of that scripture is that the people were pressing about Jesus. They were pressing him. One of the things that you have to know, and I want to help you visualize this, is that Jesus was a famous preacher at this time. People knew about him. That's why they were pressing to hear him. It was like T.D. Jakes was just walking him like, a, come hell, like people were like, yeah, what? So they were like pressing him because they wanted to get a good seat and hear what Jesus was going to say because they knew it was about to be dope. So what happened was they were pressing him to such a point he was about to go fall into the lake. So Jesus is like, okay, let me get on a boat, get pushed out a little bit. I'll stand and I'll address and teach the people from there. Great idea, right? So I wanted to let you guys know that Jesus was well known. It's not like he's just some random guy that people are pressing about. No, they knew of him and they're like, wow, we have an opportunity to hear Jesus. So here it is. This is a really great start for Peter. And I feel like this is January 1st for Peter. I feel like this whole moment, this whole, this whole amazing encounter that Peter had with Jesus is like us on January 1st. This is about to be the best year ever. My whole life just changed. I just encountered God. I have new hopes. I have greater hopes. Like, this is about to be good. This is about to be better than I ever expected. Like, that's what Peter is experiencing right now. But how many know we've sat in countless church sessions, and we've had amazing encounters and amazing moments with God, and it's like, whoo, my life will never be the, the same. God has touched me. God has touched me, and I am changed. 
and then two weeks later, somebody's acting a fool and you lost it all. Like it happens. We have our Peter moments. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Y'all got some Peter in you too. That's why I'm trying to explain this. It happens to all of us. But here's the thing. How do we intentionally hold on to this joy, to this newfound fire, this encouragement that comes with an amazing encounter from God? How do we hold on to this and allow it to be our anthem to get us to the end? Jesus said, I will make you fisher of men. He turned to Peter and said that. I'm not sure if Peter was probably thinking, well, just like the ladies thing at the gym. Well, he don't really know how my life is set up. He don't know how I be cussing fools out left and right. He don't know that I can drink somebody off of every stool that I ever encountered. He don't know what my life is like. Peter probably thought that within himself. You know how I know? Because we think it all the time. God says amazing things over us. We get prophesied to. I mean, it's amazing things. And we're like, they don't. They don't know how my life is set up. And that's how Peter felt. So how can we intentionally take the words that God has spoken over me with my jacked up self, with my jacked up Peter ways? How do I take the word that God has spoken over me, hold on to it, and be intentional about allowing God to bring that to pass in my life? That's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to bring out four points from our scripture text about being intentional. One of the things that we're going to do in 2018 is we're going to be intentional about how we start we're going to be intentional about how we end it. Amen? Here's the first point that we want to bring out of our scripture text. Point number one, it's you that Jesus desires to step into today. One of the things that you need to notice is that they were by a lake. Let me tell you what happens by a lake. There's boats there. Okay? There was, there was boats at the lake. And I explained about how Jesus was trying to get a, get a little bit of room between him and the crowd because they were about to push him into the lake. And so what he did was he stepped into a boat and asked to be pushed out further. Well, whose boat did he step into? He stepped into Peter's boat. And one of the things that Peter was probably thinking is, man, there's probably some really nice boats out there. There was probably some fancy boats. There was probably some things that we probably consider like a yacht type thing. There was fancy. They were probably nicely painted. But Jesus chose Peter's boat. One of the things that we do is we always hit down and bat down the words that, we, that get spoken over us because we compare ourselves to the other vessels. We compare ourselves to everyone else in the room, everyone else in the church. We compare our past to other people's past, and we, said, we say all the time, their boat's way nicer. Peter's boat probably has some chips in the paint, a couple of dents, and he's thinking, Ugh, my boat is not even nice enough for God to step into, but he wanted to step into Peter's boat. And one of the things I want to encourage you today is that God wants to step into your boat today. The thing is that Jesus not only stepped into Jesus, Peter's boat and went far off into the shore and be, began to address the, cloud, the crowd, but the thing is that God was able to be glorified in the midst of Peter's vessel. I know a lot of times you look at your life, you look at your past, you look at some things that you've been through, and you think there is no way God can use this mess. But God's saying, if you allow me to step into your story, into your vessel, I can glorify God. I can glorify my God with your story. God wants to step into your boat today, and he is looking at you. A lot of times we compare ourselves to everyone else, no matter how unqualified, unexperienced, or unmotivated you might think you are today, God is looking at you. So that's one of the first mindsets we need to change and hold on to going into this year. Are you guys getting that? 
God wants to step into your boat today. Here's point number two. You may have tried it before, but this time God wants you to try it with him. One of the things that you notice is that Jesus told Peter, throw off the net on the other side of the boat. And what, it, what was Peter's response? Well, God, see, he wasn't with us last night. We've done this all night, and we came up with nothing. Nevertheless, I'll do it. And one of the things that he found out is that Jesus is going to, not, not, even though you've done some things before, God wants you to do it again, but this time with him. He's like, Peter, this time I want you to do it with me. Don't forget, Jesus was still in the midst of Peter's boat. It wasn't like he was calling off in the shore saying, hey, cast it over. No, he was in the midst of the boat. And he's saying, you don't understand. When you do some things with me, it's gonna, you're going to get a whole nother outcome. A lot of times we start our years and we're like, oh, I'm going to get a, 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 a better house this time. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do this this year. But Jesus is saying, there's some goals that I want you to set, but this time I want you to set them with me. It's going to be a whole nother outcome. I know a lot of times Peter was probably feeling like how a lot of us feel. Been there, done that. Like I did the whole church thing. I joined the church thing. I served at church. I gave at church. I opened up my arms to new relationships and new people. Been there, done that, Jesus. But maybe you were doing it because you were following someone else. Jesus is saying, this time, I want you to do it with me. Whole nother outcome when you decide to do it with him this time. So that's the first point is Jesus wants to use you. He wants to step into your boat today. The second point that we're going to hold on to this year is that this time I'm going to do it with him. Amen? Amen? All right, here's point number three. Be excited about it. Like, you know how, like, excited how you guys are right now? Yeah, be excited about it. Like, if God is excited about your life, don't you think maybe you should be too? Like, if he's throwing a party about it, maybe you should be a little more festive about it, too. Maybe you should be like, yeah, what, we celebrate me? Okay. <laughs> what I do? what I do? Like, if God is celebrating you, then you need to know that you are worth celebrating. God sees something that you don't see, obviously. Be excited about it. Be excited about what God's going to bring to pass in your life this year. A lot of times you're like, yeah, me, new me, new year, new me. But you're not excited about it. Why? Because you are so used to the cycle. You're so used to, whoo, crash. And it's almost like you're saying, I'm just waiting to be disappointed. So you don't get excited about it. Come on. It takes faith to believe what God has said about me. That's the point. It, it takes zero, zip, nada of faith to believe what the enemy is trying to tell me about myself. I can be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah you, you, you are right about that. But when Jesus proclaims who you are, you're going to have to muster up some faith to hold on to that. It takes faith to believe who God says that you are. Because a lot of times it's so much easier for us to knock ourselves down because we're so much more familiar with failure than, than we are with success. New year, new you though, right? So the third point is be excited about what's about to happen. If you can believe God for a miracle of salvation, then believe God when he says that I can do bring new life to your, uh, and life more abundantly. Amen? Amen? God wants to get your attention today to let you know that it's going to be good. That's the title of today's message, by the way. The title of today's message is, this is about to be good. Somebody turn to a neighbor and say, this is about to be good. Yeah, because I feel like you guys need to get excited about it. This is about to be good. 
Point number four, when you experience the glory of God, everything you thought you wanted falls short in comparison to him. When you experience the glory of God, everything you thought you wanted falls short in comparison to him. So here's the thing. Peter just experienced the biggest payday he had ever seen in his life. Peter was a fisherman. And the Bible says that when the, 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 fish, the fish was pulling the net to such a point, the nets were ripping. And not only that, it was breaking the boat to such a point. He was calling other people around saying, hey, come help out with this. Yes, See, the thing is, the Bible doesn't highlight what Peter has prayed for over and over again. Like maybe Peter's prayer sounded something like, God, I just want to be a millionaire. God, I just want to win a lot of money because I feel like if I do, I'll be really happy. Like, God, if I could just, if you could just give me a big house, Lord, if you could just give me a big house, I promise I'll be really content. I'll be really happy. You know, just because I know how God is, I know his character. I've been with him my whole life. Like, I know, I know I'm really good. I'm not saying I know everything about him, but I know that his character is to come and pick Peter out of all people because he knows Peter's heart. And he's like, I'm going to show Peter that when I answer his prayer, how much it fails in comparison compared to me. The Bible says that when he received it and he saw it, literally, they brought it in. They did the struggle of bringing it all in. And guess what Peter did? He didn't call his wife and say, come bag this up. No. He dropped it. He forsook it. And he followed Jesus. Wow. When you think about following the calling of God over your life compared to the riches of this world, you will always want God. Why? Because he is everything that we desire. He's everything. But sometimes, sometimes God has to allow us to taste it, to see it, to see, yeah, I'm still not happy. God, all I want is you. And it wasn't until that moment that Peter knew, yeah, I'm totally fine without it. Jesus, you are the one that I've been looking for. When you experience the glory of God, everything you thought you wanted falls short in comparison to him. So here's the question. How do we be intentional? How do we be intentional about holding on to what God said? Holding on to what God says is going to come to pass in our life. First thing is the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God. John 16 verses 13 through 14 says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. See, the thing is that when you're on this journey, on this road to following God, you're going to run into stagnant people. It happens all the time. You know those friends that are still sitting on the same stool, those friends that are still sitting on the same porch, they're always there, like clockwork, still there. And they look at you and they say things like, oh, you changed, huh? Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I forgot. You holy, right? And we think, because we laugh at it and we think, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't affect us or that doesn't bother me. But you know what? It does. Because we have an allegiance to our friends and the friendship and the relationships that we built with people over the past. And so they know that those words have weight with us. Oh, oh, I forgot. You're, you're holy now. Oh, you're, you're, you're changed. Oh, that's right. You're too good for that, right? And it's almost like, what happened to your high? 
What happened to that moment of being intentional about following God? What happened to you being determined of not being swayed, not turning around, not being shaken? One night hanging out with Pookie Nim. No, I'm just saying it's like one day of hanging out with people going contrary direction can completely stop and halt your momentum of following God. Watch out for stagnant people. The next thing is watch out for contrary ideas. Because the thing is that we already know that Jesus is the only way. We know that his way is the only way. But all of a sudden, sometimes we think, well, maybe there's a back door. Like maybe there's like a frontage road. Because it's like maybe I can do this a little bit easier. Maybe I don't have to believe as much, hope as much. Maybe I can just hang out with a couple of friends. We can pray for like five minutes and we can say we had church. Contrary ideas. If God says this is the way that you should be doing it, he's saying that for a reason. It's to protect and safeguard your joy. It's to protect and safeguard your calling. It's to protect and safeguard the will of God that he's already made, you know, started in in, in your life. So when you do, when you think of contrary ideas or contrary ways of going around doing what God has called you to be, to do, that's how you can completely stop and halt being intentional about following God. Amen. So we need the spirit of God because the spirit of God will be like, red light, red light, don't go that way. Don't hang out with them. Red flag. Do you see what they just said? Yeah, passive aggressive. They're sneaking that in. Yeah, red flag. Go home. Go home. So the thing is, is about being intentional is listening to the spirit of God. When, we, when we're hearing that nudge, when we're feeling that in our heart, pay attention. Because the more we respond, the more we allow the spirit of God to, to um, guide us and we respond to it more and more, we get better and better at discerning God's voice and discerning his, his word. I'm going to get ready to close, but here's the thing. The thing is about God choosing you this year. Like, don't allow what your thoughts of who you think you are how messed up you think that you are, how many times you've messed up. Don't allow that to disqualify God using you as the vessel that God wants to use this year. Not only that, but this time, try it with him. It first starts with you acknowledging the things that you have done and tried without him. Because a lot of us think that we're really smart. And a lot of us are. We're really smart. Like, give us a problem, we'll strategize our way out of it. But the thing is that if God hasn't led you there, if God isn't leading you in that direction, guess what? It's going to be unfruitful. It's only what we do through faith and through Christ that's going to win, that's going to gain, that's going to build us, that's going to protect us. We got to do it with him. Not only that, we need to be excited about it. We need to have some expectation in our heart about what God's going to bring to pass in our life. We got to stop looking and being determined that the bad stuff, the broken stuff, the jacked up stuff, the raggedy stuff, yeah, that belongs to me. If it's raggedy, if it's messed up, if it's a relationship that's leaning to the side and hopping on one leg, yeah, that's probably mine. The thing is that give up ownership of being disappointed. It's time for you to let that go and stop sticking hold to it so much. Sometimes we don't even realize how much we're embracing disappointment. How much we're embracing, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I don't lost my job again. Yeah, it happens every year. What are you embracing? One of the things that you notice is that when the miracle happened, it says that Peter fell to his feet. And this is what he basically said. Jesus, get out of my boat. Jesus, please get out of my boat. 
because I am a sinful man. Like, I cuss a lot. I do a lot of bad things. I've done bad things to bad people. I'm not very good at praying. I'm not very good at even attending church regularly. Please just get out of my boat. That's what he was saying. Because he couldn't, he couldn't understand or just receive the fact that Jesus stepped in my boat. And he used my vessel to be able to preach a word that changed people's life. And not only that, but he used my bank account. He used my business to show forth a miracle that everybody could be astonished by. God used my story. God used my life. He used my boat, my jacked up, chipped paint, bit in the side boat. He used my story to glorify God in heaven. Peter was like, Jesus, get out of my boat. Because if you really knew how my life was set up, if you really knew how I always mess up every relationship I get into, if you really knew how I'll end up eventually cussing somebody out, if you really knew that, I feel like you wouldn't be in my boat. And that's what Peter was saying. He's like, here it is, the maker of all heavens and earth, and he is looking at me, and he's declaring goodness and favor and prosperity in my life. Get out of my boat, man. Because I feel like I don't deserve this. And I'm not sure if any of you have been there before. Where God has come through and he does something amazing. And it's like you don't have any words. All you can think is like what Peter was thinking. Like, Lord, why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at my boat? Why are you looking to bless my business? Why are you looking to bless me? I don't even deserve this. The Bible says that Jesus was preaching. And do you know he stopped? preaching to turn to prophesy and give a, a word of goodness to Peter. Do you know that's you every day? Sunday services, you come in here and because you're not thinking about that Jesus is looking at your boat, you're missing Jesus looking at you in the midst of the crowd and saying, I have a word for you. I want to step into your boat today. I want to step into your story. I want to step into your struggle. And I want to glorify my Father in heaven. All the time. I talk about this story all the time. But it was when my daughter was 18 months old. And the doctors basically were saying she's dying. And they were basically trying to give us options of comfort care. Of how to make her comfortable. They were going to give up on my baby. And the thing is that it wasn't until I decided and I realized, yeah, not once have I asked God to heal my baby because I thought the doctors could do it. I didn't think it was hard. It's not that hard to do. She has pneumonia. People have pneumonia all the time. What's the big deal? But I had to realize nobody's going to fight for you. Nobody's going to fight for me the way my God will fight. Nobody's going to heal me the way my God's going to heal me. So I had to leave out of that hospital room and I had to get it on my knees and I had to repent. Lord, I forgive me for believing that they can heal my daughter. Forgive me for not acknowledging you. Forgive me for not even asking for your help. God, I'm asking. I'm asking to shake all of heaven and ask for you to come through from on my daughter's behalf. Lord, they don't know, but you know. I know that you've called me to be for more than this. I know you brought my baby into, my, into our lives for more than this. God, please heal my baby. And do you know the next day, 
The next morning, I cannot explain this to you enough. The next morning where there was death around her eyes. Do you know she was full of life? Do you know she woke me up? Do you know she woke me up with a smile across her face? And I'm like, God, look at you. Get out of my boat. Get out of my boat. Get out of my boat. Because God, if you knew, there's plenty of times I don't acknowledge you. There's plenty of times I think I could do it without you. God, get out of my boat. Time and time again, who comes through on my behalf? And I'm thinking, who am I? Who am I? I'm just a jacked up Peter, man. Waiting to go off on somebody. Waiting for somebody to nudge me the wrong way. Who am I? But God says, I will make you fisher of men. Me? But you don't know how my life is set up. I always fumble over something. If I'm not fumbling over people, I'll fumble over myself. Me? Yeah, you. I'll make you fisher of men. And you know what Peter did? He looked at the blessing, the fish just popping out of the net, the fish breaking the boat, and then he looked at the blesser. He looked at the fish, and then he looked at the blesser. He told the fish, my God is greater. I'm going to bypass the blessing, and I'm going to follow the blesser. He left the fish there for somebody. I don't know who got blessed there at that lake, but somebody had a supernatural debt cancellation because Peter Peter left it and he followed Jesus. When God healed my baby girl, that's what I did. I'm like, you know what? I don't care who comes, who don't come. I don't care if I'm rich or if I'm on welfare. God, I'm following you to the end. And what you declare in my beginning will be my anthem in the end because I know what my God did in my life and I want that more than all the riches in the world. So my prayers changed. I wasn't praying to win the lottery all the time. I wasn't praying that something amazing happens and I become a millionaire. No, God, I want to be rich in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that they that diligently, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what they, he rewards them with? Himself. And that's what happened to Peter. Peter got rewarded today. And if you don't have discernment, you'll miss it. Because you'll think that the fish was the blessing. No, it was Jesus. Jesus was the reward. Jesus was the blessing. Jesus was the lottery. And he won it. But sometimes you don't know until you taste it and you find out, yeah, that's not, that's not what I'm lacking in my life. That's not what I'm wanting, God. I just want you. I'm ready to do it with you this time. I'm ready to be excited about what you're going to do. And I'm ready for you to use my story, my vessel, my boat, my life, my strength, my calling, my name, my voice, my strength. I'm ready for you to use me this time. But here's the thing, whatever you don't mix with faith will get infected with fear. Whatever you don't mix with faith will be infected with fear. It's like you have a wound and it's fresh and it's up to you on how you're gonna care for your wound. If you don't slap some faith on it, fear is gonna infiltrate that thing and fear will ruin and tarnish every good thing. Here's Hebrews. Chapter 4, verse 2, I want to read this to you real quick. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. 
So listen, the word's not broken. Jesus is not broken. You're not broken. You can do sit-ups. You can do push-ups. You can do burpees. But you got to put some faith on it. You got to put some faith. You got to inject some faith and slap some faith on it. If not, fear will inject it and says, you can't do that. You've never been able to do that. They don't know you. They don't know how you work. They don't know how your life works. Fear will always take up every space that you leave open. But when we're crowding every area of our life with faith, there's no room for fear. When we get up in the morning, God, I know this is going to be an amazing day because I believe who you are and I believe what you're doing in me. So God, whatever you're going to do today, God, I say yes and amen. God, I know you're going to do something amazing in my business. God, I know that you're going to do supernaturally cause favor men to be able to give into my bosom and allow me to have favor in my business. God, that's what it looks like to put faith on everything. Faith on everything. Let's let that be our anthem. Faith on everything. Every relationship, every marriage, every business contract, faith on everything. God, I'm doing it with you this time. That's what it looks like to be intentional about doing it with God. Not God, watch what I can do. God, I'm doing it with you this time. So what Peter experienced was amazing. It was a new season. It was a new start. It was a new time, a new era for Peter. But Peter had to be intentional about walking out that out. I'm going to make you fisher of men. What I see now, don't line up to that. But I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to just keep following God. I'm just going to keep obeying him. And I know eventually my life is going to line up to the word that God has spoken over my life. I'm going to make you fisher of men. Okay, well... I'm kind of afraid to talk to people. I'm kind of afraid to pray in front of people. I don't really know how God's going to bring that to pass in my life, but I'm going to keep following him. I'm going to keep watching him. I'm going to keep praying to him. I'm going to keep asking him questions. And I know one day my life is going to line up to the word of God that's been spoken over my life. And that's you today. That's you today, Peters. I know your today don't look like the tomorrow that God has been declaring from the beginning. I know it don't look like that. But God's saying, if you'll just stop worrying so much about the blessing, stop worrying about what you got, stop worrying about what you don't got, stop worrying if you're alone, stop worrying if they rejected you, stop worrying if they like you, and follow me. I'll make your life line up to what I said. I will declare from your beginning the end. I will declare that you're the head and not the the head, the the tail. I declare that greater is he that's in my boat than he that's looking to reject me. But you got to put some faith on it today. A life that requires faith to live it is always a life that's worth living. Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. (sighs) There's this thing that happens at the gym. God talks to me a lot at the gym because I'd be suffering. There's this thing that happens at the gym If the coach calls out lap, all right, cool, I got that. Lap, I can run a lap. But if the coach calls out hit the block, I learned this the hard way. Hit the block, oh yeah, I never heard of that one. Must mean lap, just use different terminology. So I start running, and I'm like, I'm gonna be fast. I'm gonna beat everybody because I'm getting really good at this lap. So I'm gonna start off really quick, and I'll like slow down towards the end. So I'm starting off quick, but I'm like, wait, why are they, why are they still running? What's going on here? Oh, we must be just going to the end of the street. That's what block means. Okay, okay. That's fine. I can do that. Wait, why are they, why, why are they still running? 
why are they still why are they still running and what happened was they were circling the entire like canvassing like the whole like I can't even explain it like it's like I'm on the freeway and now I'm back on the street like what happened so it was after I stopped four times and I'm like I don't think I can do this and all the other people are like see you gotta pace yourself come on you can do it and I'm like now I'm mad at them I'm like don't talk to me don't talk to me why did nobody tell me what the block meant because a lot of times we feel like if I know how far I gotta go I can do it but God doesn't always tell you how far you got God doesn't always tell you how much longer you're gonna have to endure God doesn't always tell you how long you're gonna have to keep believing and being faithful and keep loving and keep forgiving them over and over again like how long is this block because I feel like if you just give me a visual on how far I can go I'll keep running but this is what this scripture is saying is saying if they can't see what God is doing they stumble and that's me when God's calling out hit the block keep the faith endure as a good soldier okay but how but how but how far Jesus how far because I want to get my own, my little pace you know get a little rhythm just keep going just keep on going just keep on going and be intentional about not stopping here's the thing instead of waiting to feel motivated learn to be disciplined in what God has already told you instead of waiting to feel oh, I think I'm ready Lord it just hit me yeah I feel the green light I'm ready sometimes that don't come because we got feelings and we're always comparing our feelings on what we should do about God. Let me see. All, all, it all depends on how I feel. I don't feel like doing a lot of things. And I don't feel like a Christian most of the time. Thank God it's not about how I feel. Thank you, Jesus. But instead of waiting to feel motivated, instead of waiting to get a good feeling, I'm just going to be disciplined on what God has already told me. I'm going to hold on to every word he's ever given, given to me. I'm going to hold on to every prophecy that's been prophesied over my life. I'm going to hold on to it, and it's going to be my anthem to the end. I'm going to do a good job with what God has already given me instead of constantly asking him for something new. God, give me a new word. Give me a new inspiration. God, give me a new revelation. And God's saying, well, what did you do with the last one? Did you plant it in the earth like the careless, like the care, careless steward? Or did you invest it? Did you work it? Did you multiply it? Be committed and motivated and disciplined over what God has already gave, given you. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.